Ahoy! It's post-production, Matt! Yeah, post-production, Matt. Yeah, go on, go on, you can do it, yeah. Anyway, so we taped this episode in, like, December and that, and basically we did a Christmas film, which I'll probably save till next year and edit it up and upload that independently as, like, a special extra at some point. But anyway, we did this big old episode, but, you know, life gets in the way of life. It was just before Christmas. Then I was poorly, busy with work, and, you know these things just happen so i suppose sorry tim for not getting this up when avatar 2 was still <laughs> prime real estate but here we are we'll probably upload it as a final word to make it seem like it was intentional or some shit like that because you know we're dead cleverer when it comes to i'm not a liar don't get me wrong anyway guys this will drop in in the middle of the taped episode hope you enjoy it tim I'm sorry, mate, but this is an hour in itself and we just needed to get it uploaded. Love you, baby! My middle name is Money, can't you see? And it's all about the tourists and the refugees Going down to South Africa with the LEDs Camp food and dehydration is my misery Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Well, how long have you been waiting for this one, Tim? Somewhere between uh, 13 years, 15 years, something like that? Well, it's been 13 years, but I can't say I've been waiting for it at all. Um, 13 years. Has Cameron done anything in those 13 years? Or has he just been working? I don't think he's done anything. I don't think so. He's literally been working on this since the first Avatar. God, can you imagine that? Its first release date was 2015. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I believe so. I rewatched the first one a couple of nights before I went to see this um, okay. in the early hours of this morning. And I was quite surprised because I thought the story was a lot better than I thought it was. I know it gets a lot of criticism for being derivative of Pocahontas or uh, Dances with Wolves, you know, the, the white saviour trope, but... There's very few fucking stories left to tell. The easy answer back to that is, yes, but it hasn't been done like this. And I really enjoyed it. The thing that stood out to me is I felt invested in in the world. But when the destruction happened, I was like, oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> like hmm. with the world tree, and that's or what, not the world tree, that's Thor, isn't it? But whatever the fucking, the loving tree, the hugging tree, whatever it is in this. Yeah, whatever I felt, that is, yeah. I, like, I, I genuinely was like, no, please don't. It's like I've said with my OCD when the villains make a mess in the superhero films. <laughs> or like when Moon Knight was being chased through the museum, I was like, oh my God, something's going to fall off. <laughs> Be careful. Go to the displays where it's just armour or uniforms. <laughs> get away from the get away from the glasswork. Get away from the pottery. Oh my God. Yeah, I was surprised that I was more invested in the story than I thought I would be. The curious thing is, I don't think the effects stood up as well as I thought they would. The close-ups, they looked pretty good. They looked very humanoid. You know when in YouTube videos, the volume's half a second behind? I didn't believe that those people were speaking. It felt like an animated film. With the distance shot, I did very much feel like I was watching an animated film. It didn't feel live action. Yeah. So yeah, I was very much looking forward to seeing 
how the advancements in technology were used and 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 how I'd feel about how it looked. And again, the story, this almost felt to me like a little bit of a recall. It felt like you could draw a line under the first film, put it to one side, and this is just how we start again today. It explored a lot of the sort of similar themes, except that it wasn't the forest, it was the oceans. So yeah. almost, it felt more like a recall. I've only seen the original one once and I, I didn't have a chance to rewatch it. So I wish I had, because I think it would have been helpful to draw the comparisons that you're talking about, but also to like, to really refresh, like who the characters are, what the motivations are and yeah. just the world. And I can't say that I remember really liking, I mean, I'm obviously the world building, the visual world building is impressive. And I remember being impressed by that, but I didn't really have great expectations for this one. I was curious to see what it would look like. I don't know. I saw in 3D. Did you see 2D or 3D? No, it has to be 3D. I was incredibly impressed with this. So with the 3D, it looks very much that it's almost like they have determined every 500 millimeters is an additional depth. So if you've got a face, it's almost kind of like a flat face. This is the first 3D. This looked like a continuous depth. It looks smooth. If a cheek moved, it looked like it was moving on on a spherical surface. It was totally. And from the second this started, there wasn't an instance where I questioned that these weren't real. Yeah, blew me away. Yeah, I felt that way with the close-ups and then the middle distance. It did seem to me like if you're at I don't know how to describe it exactly, but you know that third distance, like further away when the when the camera's shooting onto the surface of when the kids are on there, whatever they are, those animals, yeah. they're kind of jetting through the water yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that from like a distance, like almost as if it were like a drone filming it. Yeah. That I felt like did feel, and but again, it's just me nitpicking and like trying to see like what looks great and what is like not as good. That looks more like a video game to me than the middle distance and the close-ups, which did look, I agree, completely like naturalistic. It, 3D terms like spherical, like truly iterative, like yeah. non-iterative. I think the reason for that might be that it switches between 24 frames a second and 48. It's what makes something look like a film. The 24 frame rates a second gives something the cinematic look so you don't feel like you're looking through a window. At the 48 frames a second, that's around the mark whereby as people, our brain can process the information. Thus makes it feel like you're looking through a window, like you're looking at the set and not the video recording of the film. Yeah, uh, so that's a great explanation. It didn't take me out of it at all, really. It just, I noticed it. And again, because I was looking for like, how good does this look? Does this look like CGI or, you know, um, what are we calling it? Stop uh, motion. Yes. And stop. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there's definitely there's definitely a word in there somewhere, mate. There's, there's a word and the and a question mark after it, and the answer was a yes or a no. <laughs> Holy shit! All right. Well, anyway, um, yeah. So I mean, it didn't bother me. Did yeah. you listen to the last episode of what our show? Yeah. 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 What about it? With the, the so solid crew bit. Do you remember that? Like, yeah. dip, 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 d
<laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing what I could do with that part. Of it. Oh my god! No, that's that will not. Yeah, this is a running gag when I'm like. Duh, 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 duh. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was sat there editing and I played it and I was like, did Tim just do it 24, 21 seconds? And then I rewound it. I went, Tim just did it 21 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair to you, you were up at four in the morning to watch the film that we were reviewing. So that was absolutely That's true. I, I felt a bit naughty. Like <laughs> <laughs> using, no, using no, your no, tiredness no. in that way. <laughs> oh man um so that's the visuals covered story wise yeah. Yeah, yeah. i again we were talking about this before and i went to see violent night in the morning and i met a couple of friends that i hadn't seen in a while and we enjoyed it then we went for brunch at this this americana chain in england called frankie and benny's and it's like a mock-up of like an italian diner type thing and they play like <laughs> the old like it's like frank sinatra and neil Starker music and, and I, I love it <laughs> i do i love going going there because <laughs> just the right side of tacky they're like the machismo in this schmaltz <laughs> yeah sure we went there for brunch had some absolutely tip toppity eggs benedict mm-hmm. delicious quite i'm a little bit tired i really don't fancy sitting through the three three and a half hours of this film. I think I'll go home, have a little nap, and I'll book the ticket for the last possible showing of the night. When I left my house, I didn't really want to go and see it. I was like, well, if you don't do it now, then there's going to be not really any opportunity tomorrow. So it's got to be now. So I was kind of doing it under dress. And I felt like this went pretty quickly. I wasn't fidgety very much. I think there was a good progression and escalation of the story as lower trajectory as that was i think it brought people up to speed in enough time it progressed the characters familial themes and the conflict that's not to say that there were probably bits that you couldn't have chopped out and i do believe that at least the first hour and a half of this was james cameron saying look this is what we can do now hang on with Mm -hmm. me i've got a lot of tricks up my sleeve and once we get those out the way then we can just get back into the story but I think he coupled yep. that with a catch-up quite well with the children. He engaged a different age group. I think kids will love this film. I think anything between you know, five and maybe 12 years old, they could sit and they could watch this and they'll, they'll absolutely love it. But that wasn't at the sacrifice of me as an adult going to watch it and being able to see on a higher level. Do you know what it reminded me? It reminded me of the early Disney films that weren't afraid to be a little bit dark. They're like Pinocchio, like mm-hmm. Dumbo. It's a fairy tale. We're not going to sugarcoat it. I had the opposite reaction, Matt, that you did. Like, I felt like, I don't know how what the actual runtime was, like around three and a half. Is that right? 3.15. Well, to me, it actually felt that long. I don't know why exactly. For some reason, I just do not find like the, the, I think the themes are very interesting, like colonialism, like, you know, exploitation of resources, all that kind of stuff. Very interesting. But I do think it was maybe derivative of the first movie. And I don't care whether that movie is derivative of something else. Like you can read, like I said, like we've talked about, you can repackage things and make things new, which the first one did. It just seems like, okay, we're going to put you now in the ocean as opposed to in the forest, which is an opportunity to like show off the filmmaking you know the visual skills which were magnificent that stuff looked amazing but i don't know it, it did feel very long to me i did feel fidgety 
I agree the first hour and a half, that felt like particularly slow to me. There were a lot of scenes where they were kind of elongated to to kind of 100%. show off what can be done, you know, 100%. which is fine. But like, I don't know how many like long pan shots of the kids wishing through the ocean we need. Endless versions of that. When you're asking someone to go there for three, three and a half hours, the burden you bear is going to be much higher than if you're asking someone to spend 90 minutes, like, you know, commensurately, the burden's higher. I just don't think it really carried off. If this movie were a two-hour movie, I, I'd be much higher on it. I just think three hours is too long for what plot is. You know, it both has a lot of plot and also not enough plot somehow. The reason that I think this would feel slow is because it had a complete lack of wit. Yeah, totally. You and can see it from the first shot. The very first scene is this sort of like somber, ceremonial moment. That sets the tone of the movie for the yeah. entire thing. And it made me realize when it's done well in the MCU, Endgame, enough time has passed now where I'm not nitpicking every little detail because it was the final installment of this huge saga. I just casually watched it. And I was like, you know what? When I yeah. just sit here and let myself watch it, it's not a bad film. Not that I ever thought it was bad, but that has some really somber moments. They've still got bits of humor in it. Tony Stark, even though he's like tearing strips off Cap, he turns around and goes, I honestly thought you were a builder bear. (laughs) (laughs) When the first ship hits the ground and it's creating that extinction level event and the fire's running through everything. That was great. Oh, oh my. I was panicking. Like, I honestly couldn't believe what I was watching. Terrified sitting in my seat. It reminded me of, do you know the beginning of Batman vs Superman? At Dawn of Justice, mm-hmm. opening segment of Bruce Wayne is the most Bruce Wayne of him driving into the like a terrorist attack, wasn't it? And he's driving towards mm-hmm. it while everybody else is fleeing as he watches the, his building come down with his employers in there. I've not that was felt great. I've not felt yeah. that terror watching. That was fucking incredible. It was cool too. Like, oh, why is it so bright? Oh, that's ships like slowing down. Then you go out to the you go out to space yeah. to see like the power. And then when it starts, they land, it's just like, holy shit. That was wild. That was cool. One of the things that I picked up on is the ordering of social, economic, and planetary importance, whereas Mm -hmm. it's economic, social, planetary, whereas really that should be the other way around. It's almost like Cameron's wanted to say these things, but as a creative, as an auteur, it had to be done in allegory for people to, to pay attention to it. We almost have cataclysm fatigue. Whether yeah, it's I remember that- having a similar reaction to, uh, do you remember Wally, the Pixar movie? You know, all the human beings are fat because they just like go around elevated chairs in the spaceship, fucking up, you know, basically destroying your planet, harvesting all resources. Then there's no planet left. You have to go into this spaceship yeah, and become yeah. fat. I had a similar response as you visually it looks like maze. Well, how could this possibly be? Maybe it's from your our position of privilege, basically. The only way you can feed that to people or at least tell that type of story, but also it's a way of in, like indicting the the audience. You are not the Navi. You are the assholes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I had a Trump coming. <laughs> I was just waiting it for it to arrive and then I relaxed and then it came. <laughs> oh, so when you get that little gurgle in your belly and you're like, oh, something's oh, totally. <laughs> and, like, and then you open the door and nobody's there and then you shut it and the doorbell rings again. <laughs> 
if you want to change somebody's mind, you've got to, you have to present it in a way that you're fooling them into thinking it was their idea in the first instance. Yeah. If anything, we've seen in the last five years, people shouting at each other just digs people in deeper. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. The more we're talking about, I guess, the more I like it, but I, I still don't like it kind of like fine. Maybe it's the voice acting is a non-compelling. It seemed like the acting was not very good. Sam Worthington is not a good actor. And you're anchoring a a massive IP on somebody. Avatar should have launched him into A-list. He should be like Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pine, Chris Pratt, Chris Evans, that level. But he's just not that good. It's that straightforward. The least evocative actor on that list it's interesting like the the very beginning where he's doing like the least charismatic voiceover yeah. i've ever heard do you think he's playing it that way like, yeah the avatars were worth two billion each surely it's more cost effective to just shred that one and start again for somebody that is actually has any ability whatsoever he wasn't just like a low level <laughs> military fucking dickhead because <laughs> <laughs> that was the one thing and I thought, I, th- I, I maybe I was being too forgiving, but I thought maybe he's playing him as an idiot. Like maybe that's what it is, but I don't think it is because in the second oh, film, he's quite astute, isn't he? He's like a natural leader. He's had the time to become that. Yeah. Whereas the voiceover is still, and then I'm going to just go and put the kettle on because I want to make a cup of tea. And then I'm yeah. going to think about putting... Maybe I'll put my shoes on. Oh, we haven't got any milk. Looks like I'll be putting my shoes on after all. (laughs) (laughs) I've got my shoes on now and I'm walking to the shop. It's a little bit wet, but they're not new. So it doesn't really matter. Oh, no. I mean, like it's there's no change in tempo or speed or quirk in the cadence. It conspicuously so. I shouldn't notice how low energy the voiceover is, but it's like clear. It's kind of like you they know? wanted to do a Star Wars troll, but they didn't want to do a Star Wars troll. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> On that, actually, totally. I, what did you think of Jodie Foster's character? Because obviously she's a, is it a septuagenary? Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. I weren't expecting to be back today. Yes, it is. Post-production, Matt. And if I weren't fucking wrong, I would just say that co-host Matt's just spent a couple of minutes <laughs> complaining about how someone's performance isn't good enough when he actually got the actress's name wrong himself. What a wally. Of course, it's Sigoni Weaver and not Jodie Foster. His character, because obviously she's a, is it a septuagenarian? She's in her 70s now. And she was playing somebody in, I don't know, possibly like a tween, preteen, something like that, like a 12-year-old maybe. Yeah. That I I didn't mind, actually. Yeah, I really liked her. I thought she did a sterling job. But I, referencing that character, it felt like The Matrix 2 to me, whereby he's sort of plugging into the Matrix and then he's able to control the Matrix and the Matrix is him. The way that she's plugging into... The hugging tree or whatever it's called. <laughs> the tree mm-hmm. of mystery. Yeah, no, I thought she was great. Um, that was maybe the most interesting character of the bunch. That was like kind of a compelling arc, actually. Conspicuously, compared to the other arcs, which I thought some of them were just like, what is the point of this character? I didn't feel like like the brother relationship was like, it just seems so like basic bitch to me. Yeah. And maybe it's the acting too. 
I liked that. I thought you that did? was, yeah, I thought that was the central theme that ran through it, really. Familial expectations and familial roles. And I, you know, I agree it was the theme, like it was a central theme. It's just, I thought it was just like, I'm the bad kid. You're the good kid. Man. Well, I'm not going to change your mind, Tim, because that's how you honestly think about it. But I'm going to say, I don't like you as much now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, what did you think about... Um, what did you think about Spider slash Mowgli? Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> did you like him? Uh, I didn't like or dislike. I think he fulfilled a very specific role in the film. It was clearly a very obvious and on-the-nose plot vehicle. They needed Spider to impart redeem Quaritch. They had the final destination for one character, but there had to be a catalyst. Well, maybe, but is he a, is he enough to like carry a third film? I don't think so. No, and I don't think that that responsibility would be put on his shoulders. When you inspect his role in it, it doesn't really hold water. He's not a human now. That isn't an avatar. He's actually one of the um, is it Navari? He's one of the Navari. Yeah. So there's this contradiction whereby. I know he's just there to get Jake Scully, but at the same time, he's not able to leave the planet. So mm -hmm. it's counterintuitive for him to want the destruction of that world. I'm thinking maybe that sort of counterintuitiveness could play into him doubting his role in it. And I don't know, I can almost see a scene whereby he has the choice to kill him or not. His son comes in and says, look, Dad, this is your world too. We need to save this. Yeah, and I guess you could play on the themes of like his train his training and his like previous obligations coming into direct conflict with the changes that he's made could be interesting well, yeah i suppose so but i don't know would you be interested in seeing i'm not that? sure I, would you care if it's not three and a half hours sure yeah. it's two hours I yes i kind of feel like that's how the the entire like franchise has played for me don't really have too much else to say, mate. If I hadn't watched it, I'd tell myself to go and see it. I would too. I would too, actually. Yeah. I'm not like high on it, but I thought there's enough there. What was the film that was called Screensaver the Movie? Oh, I don't think I've heard that. It was one that me, you and Tara did, or maybe it was just me and Tara on that instance. It was must have been something that looked really good, but wasn't up to it. It's a comic film, but I cannot for the life of me think of what it was. In last year? Yeah, it would have been, yeah. Hmm. Oh, here we go. Eternals. Well, Eternals screen oh. is a movie. Yeah. Sure. I I think that's a little unfair. I think it's holding... I feel like with yeah. Eternals, it was a little... I don't know. It's hard to separate the two. I think the difference is, is that I quite liked Avatar and you quite liked Eternals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I think that, probably. I think that's the only difference between the two films. <laughs> and that's why. Yes, this is definitely screensaver the movie. <laughs> yeah. So my reluctance to accept that for Avatar is probably <laughs> directly proportionate to that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't really have. To, I think, like you said, there's a there was a lot of film, but there wasn't a lot of film <laughs> yeah 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 exactly there's like yeah. both too much plot and not enough somehow or I'll something say, like that i'll say in the first instance that um is it kate, kate winsler and zoe soldada 
Soldano. I, at no point did I even question that they were the 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 motion capture or the voice actors in this. I know it's not Andy Circus levels of being an ape or being a cave dwelling creature or something like that. The two female leads, I think they did an absolutely fantastic job. That's as as immersive a performance I think as I've seen. They emote a lot more, where the men are more sort of taciturn and stern, clear head, decision making, incisive don't show emotions where the females emote a lot more. I mean, not saying mm -hmm. that stereotypically, but I mean, like in the, in the film, like I feel that their performances, and I think that was when I really noticed the, how much more developed the 3d was. I definitely think categorically the women were much more compelling in this than the, than, superior. Than the male characters, both the male characters and the male performances. Shall we wrap it up there then, yeah. Tim? Let's do it. Okay. So thank you very much to listening to another one of our podcast episodes. Did you like that? <laughs> I just made it. Up I love that. Spot. You got to. Um, I'm quite like I'm quite I'm quite talented in many ways. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for listening. Thanks to our listener in Brussels. We love you. Thanks for listening to another one of our amazing episodes. Thanks for making it to the end. If you listen to us on a chopped up bit, chopped up bit on YouTube, we are the end podcast on from Spank Media, and we are on all your favorite listening locations. If you're listening to us on one of your favorite listening locations, then we have a Twitter and uh, Instagram where we post art and reviews and all that kind of like good stuff. And it's the end underscore pod. I'm Matt. I'd like to say thank you again for listening. Tim, have you got anything you'd like to say? Just thanks for listening. And at least we have one more thing to say. We have been, and this is, the end. <laughs> hey, all right. <laughs>